You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on to some of the takeaways from uh, from the Udoka press conference, let's start with the cap space. Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about the, the emphasis on the cap space, because I feel like that was a big thing that came out of there. Uh, the owner, Tillman Fertitta, talked about it. Obviously, Rafael Stone was there, and, and he made Yudoka himself talked about it, uh, how caps, cap space is key. It's a big a big thing, a big deal with them, especially with this particular offseason for them, roughly around $60 million in cap space. Um, and there was a big emphasis on that. You were there. What, what for you... Do you think what was what was sort of your takeaway from that, and and what do you think would be sort of the best use, perhaps, of the cap space? What what were they sort of getting at there when they're well, talking about that? The cap space has been something that they've been talking about now for a while, and you look at the last couple of off seasons after they moved on from Harden, they moved on from from uh, Russell Westbrook. They really were they couldn't do a whole lot to improve the team, uh, aside from you know use the picks that they got because they had no cap space. They were capped out because of wall. They were capped out because of Eric or, you know, they were, they were just capped out there. So they had very little flexibility, but you look at the trades that they have made, the big trades, the hardened trade, they took on no future money. Uh, they traded Christian Wood. They took on no future money. They traded Eric Gordon. They took on no future money. And the reason that they did that was because they wanted the cap space for this summer. Once Wall's contract came off the books, they knew they'd have a lot of money to spend. Uh, they uh, they made some smaller moves too. I mean, they traded Daniel Tice. They took back no money in the future. They traded uh, David Nawaba, who had a year left on his contract. They took back no extra money in doing so. So they've basically been setting up. You look at all the guys that they have on the roster. It's basically a bunch of guys who are just on their rookie deals. Uh, right. you, you just you just look up and down. It's rookie. It's rookie deal guys. It's uh, it's Dacian Nix who's you know has a a, a non guaranteed deal, uh, and then you have Kevin Porter who's really the one guy making money in Jay Sean Tate. So it's Porter, it's Tate, and then it's all the guys on rookie deals for the most part because they knew that they wanted to set themselves up to have as much flexibility as they could. So you know they're going to have sixty million. They I don't know if there's a team that will have as much cap space as them. So it just allows you to go and you know, you can essentially set the market for some of these guys. So it's it's nice to have. In theory, it's great. There's nothing better than being able to say that we have cap space, but it's one thing to have cap space. It's another thing to get players to take your cap space. And then also when you have a lot of cap space, you tend to overpay for guys. And that's where things can get a little bit dangerous. Well, what's interesting to me about this, and, and you correct me if I'm off base on this, but what I find real interesting about the cap space situation is, is it not that they have enough cap space to both pursue a star or high-level player in free agency, obviously, 
and trade for for another like and also make a trade yeah. for for a high level player like like there's enough cap space what i'm getting at here is that when we talk about cap space we're not just talking about free agency i don't know you could probably better articulate that than i am but when we're talking about the the amount of cap space that the rockets have we're talking about free free agency and or signing for a high level player and th- that's what makes the trade rumor so interesting he, wh- whether they're going to trade Jalen Green specifically or not the idea that they could be interested in a player o- on that level and have the money to do it and pursue a high level free agent is what makes to me the offseason and the cap space emphasis particularly really interesting yeah no I, because a lot of times if you want to trade for a star the money has to add up right but- you have a ton of cap space, then you can just fit that player into your cap space. You don't have to worry about making the salaries add up, but yeah, they absolutely could. So I'm trying to see, um, I, I believe James, if, if they were, let's, let's just use James Harden as the example. That's the easy one. Uh, I, I think that, and I'm trying to read this. Okay. So if they were to, um, if they were to sign James Harden in free agency, he, he's got 10 plus years of service. So, a max contract for him starts at 47 million. 46.9 million is what it starts at. So they could give James Harden that. He they could give him the max for the 2023-2024 season, still have money left over. Um they could go after a, another type of max player. They'd have to make the salaries line up at that point, but it's a little bit easier when you're already having cap space and they do, you know, the one thing about while well, they have a bunch of guys on their rookie deals, um, guys like Jalen Green, guys like Jabari Smith Jr., because of where they were picked in the draft, they're making a pretty good amount of money. So it makes it a little bit easier to match up the salaries if they wanted to go that route. But let, let's just say they whiff on Harden. If they just were to whiff on Harden and you get a team that just wants to shed a contract, a big contract, a good player, but they just don't want to pay that guy. Um, or or even somebody, let's just throw Townsend as an example. Let's say the Wolves, they just want to roll with Anthony Edwards and Gobert and, and that duo. And they say, you know what? We don't even want necessarily players for Towns. Just give us all the picks from the Brooklyn trade. And the Rockets can just slide Towns into their cap space if they were to miss on James Harden or any other big free agent. So that's where having the cap space uh, comes in handy. Or if you miss on everybody and you have a team who's trying to, to shed salary, then you, in a sense, become a predator. And you can say, okay, you need to get under the luxury tax. You need to get under the cap to sign this guy. We'll take your bad contract, but give us a bunch of first-round picks to do so. So having cap space becomes a bit of an advantage with that because it allows you to do a few more things than, maybe, than you can otherwise. But it's just about how you use your cap space, and that's where things can become difficult. And this is, you know, they've got a couple of summers. Like, if they... I, I know they want to spend all their cap space this summer because they want to be good next year, but if they don't, they could roll over that cap space and still be okay. But once you get past the 2025 season, that's when you're having to pay Jalen green. That's when you're having to pay Shen Goon and some of these guys. And now all, all your cap space evaporates. So they basically have two summers where they can have cap space. Then it all disappears once they start giving out extensions. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Man, even in the contract offloading, give me your bad contract scenario that you painted there, I still don't think I'd want the Bradley Bill contract. <laughs> oh, no. I like it. There's no, that, I cannot, I cannot, and I, not to pile on Bradley Bill, like he's a really, really good player. Just that contract is ridiculous. Well, he's he's got five years left on it, right? So, like, if you have a a player who has you know maybe one year left on his deal, then it makes it a whole lot more palatable to do. And I, I think he, I like, like Jalen. Uh, I'm sorry, I like Jalen Brown. Yeah, somebody like that. Which obviously that's not going to be a salary dump. But you remember when uh, right. it, it, it was uh, Golden State. This was I can't remember which summer this was. Um, I, I guess it was 2013 and Golden State was trying to, to clear out cap space because they wanted um, Andre Iguodala. They wanted uh, Dwight Howard also. And so they had to they, they had to trade uh, Andres Biedrins. They had to get rid of his contract to Utah and they gave up two first round picks in order to do it. And that wasn't a big contract. It was a big contract, I guess, when you consider where the cap was at that point. But, you know, that's the type of deal that you are really kind of looking for where you have a team that's desperate to get off of a contract and you can really make – not make a killing as much as you could in the past, but you can still do a lot with that. I mean, the, you know, the Rockets got uh, – the Rockets gave up a lot to shed Chris Paul's contract essentially with the Russell Westbrook trade where, you know, Westbrook had more money left on his contract, yet they gave up Paul and then they also gave up the two picks plus two pick swaps in that trade. So you can kind of be predators in that spot if the situation is right. I don't know if they're in that type of situation though, because again, they want to be good next year. All right. I want to play a game real quick and, and go through a, a few scenarios, all of which I think are, I would say, some sort of possibility for the Rockets this offseason of varying degrees. Only one of them has actual odds and probabilities on it, and that'll be the number one overall pick, obviously. That's going to be one of the scenarios. Spoiler alert. But the rest of them, what I'm going to do is I want you to tell me the likelihood of all three of these scenarios playing out for the Rockets and then individually rank the scenarios and it helps again because one of them has actual odds okay so here are the scenarios that i want you to consider and for our audience to consider number one that they get the number one overall pick in the lottery of course the lottery is a couple of weeks away the draft is a month and a half almost really kind of close to two months away almost but you get it they get the number one overall pick and we know what that means if they if they do get that pick okay so that happens Free agency happens. They sign, let's just call it James Harden, okay? They sign James Harden. That's scenario number two. Scenario number three is what we were just discussing. They trade for a star. What are the chances that all three of those things could happen for them this offseason and, and then rank the likelihood of, the, of those three outcomes as one for the Rockets this offseason? 
Well, obviously they are incredibly slim because they, when you have a when one of those three things has only a fourteen percent chance, I mean that the chances are are incredibly rare for that to happen. It's incredibly you know slim that that happens, much less um, all three happening. I, I would say if I had to rank them, uh, I would say Harden coming back would be number one. I think that's probably 50-50 at this point. Okay. Then second, I would say the number one overall pick. And then third, I would say the trading for a an all-star. I'm not going to say star. I'll say an all-star. Sure. So, that, so I would rank Harden, number one pick, trade for an all-star as most. Now, now I, I'm the one that presented the scenario. I'll concede, obviously, that the likelihood is very, very small. I think I even said that on the front end. Can we at least acknowledge that those are all three possibilities and things that they would be interested in doing and, and perhaps accomplishing in this offseason. Like those, like those three, that trifecta, if you will, is something that they could do. Yes, 100%. It is absolutely in play. I, okay. But I, I do think the trading for an all-star, and I, I mean, I'm the one who said they weren't going to hire Yudoka, so what do I know? So <laughs> I, I would say... I think the trading for somebody though is probably the slimmest out of those because I think yeah. one of the things that you've seen first, and this is something that we probably need to talk about at some point, but one of the things that you've seen is that the price on these players has gotten so ridiculous over the last couple of years. I mean, you look at what the Rockets got for, for Harden when he was in his, he was what a top five player in his prime. I mean, it's basically the same that, um, that that Utah got for for Donovan I mean, hell you could even say Utah got less for Donovan Mitchell and I think they or Utah got more for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert than the Rockets got for James Harden I think you can certainly make that argument um so that's why I almost think that it's it's not even worth it to make these trades and then you look at how those trades have worked out um you know Atlanta goes from winning uh what one playoff game last year to two playoff games this year after trading for DeJounte Murray um uh you had uh, Minnesota goes from winning two playoff games last year without Rudy Gobert to winning one playoff game this year with Rudy Gobert. Who knows what's going to happen with Phoenix after they cashed in all those chips for Kevin Durant, but that doesn't look good after they finished with the best record in the West last year and at least won seven playoff games. They might not even get to, to five playoff wins this year or six. Who knows? Um, and, and by the way, it's it's notable that they're that they are not a deep team going up against yes. a deep team in the playoffs right now. Like that that is the striking difference between them and Denver right now. Just yeah. to just that, and I know yeah. you're about to mention Mitchell. Yeah, and and you know, I guess Mitchell would probably be the most the most successful out of that. Yep. But yep. they still lost in the first round in five games. Yep. So again, it, it was it was a nice trade, and and it got them to the playoffs for the first time in a while, but it almost feels like that team is a little bit capped now because there, there just isn't a whole lot that there aren't a whole lot of ways for them to get better. So that's why I almost say it's not worth it to do these trades unless it's just the perfect fit, just because of what we're seeing right now, where it, it just, a lot has to go right in order for those trades to work. So if I'm the Rockets, I'm focusing on the first two things that you mentioned the getting the number one pick, which obviously is completely out of their hands and adding a big ticket free agent, whether it's James Harden or somebody else. And I'm kind of, you know, shoving off that last possibility of trading for an all-star. I'm shoving that one to the side just because I think the cost is too great at this point. Yeah. I, I think that's a cool and like long way for us to get to Hey, the, maybe your chances of getting the number one overall pick are even better than, 
the idea of, uh, you know, trading Jalen Green, like, or more likely than trading Jalen Green for, you know, whatever rental all-star, whatever the case may be, you know, but, like, but, like that, 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 that could be encouraged. But, you know, it's a 14% chance to get the number one pick. Don't forget two and three. Those are yeah. pretty good picks also. Yeah, no, that's okay. a good point. That's, de- de- that's definitely a good point. And I think they're like 40% picking in the top three. I think that's kind of the way the math goes. If you can get into the top three, take it. Like If I'm them and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you can either roll the dice on getting the number one pick, but if you don't get the number one pick, you fall out of the top four altogether, or or we'll just give you a, we'll give you the third pick. Just take the third pick. That's what I think what I would probably do. And I, that's, that's probably, you know, playing it a little scared, but – I would be more than happy if I'm them with getting a top three pick in this draft just because of how good the other two top end prospects appear to be.